House Republicans promise sanity on borders, energy, and the economy if elected. And Stacey Abrams chalks up another loss for the party of science. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day and lots of laughs, too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a one 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana. We're putting it out to the entire country. This is what we'll do. But on that very first day that we're sworn in, you'll see that it all changes. Because on our very first bill, we're going to repeal 87,000 IRS agents. In case you ever wanted to know how to become my best friend, that's a start. I just have to say. I was listening to some of that this morning. We're going to dive into it because it was a smart move. The Republicans made a smart move. I don't get to say that a whole heck of a lot. And this was really exciting. Welcome to the program. Happy Friday. It's Dana Lash, your lovable curmudgeon who's slugging her way through leg day. So I don't know how this is going to work. Uh, But it's good to be with you this Friday. We're going to get you set up for you. It's the first weekend of autumn. Or fall, because the leaves fall. That's why it's called fall. I'm just saying. So we're going to get into all of this, because it's basically, I mean, obviously the economy is one of the top stories. I was telling Kane, I woke up this morning, first thing I saw trending on Twitter, stock market crash, and then a bunch of other stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, can I just like go for seven hours without all hell breaking loose? Is it possible? Is it? Is it though? So we're going to jump into just some of the latest with the economy, and then... I think the top thing, and I have so much wokery and, oh my gosh, all kinds of stuff for you. I think the top thing, though, which I didn't intend to make it my top thing. I actually did not mean for this to be the top story, but the more audio I listened, dare I say, this lovable curmudgeon with a tiny heart as black as space and as hard as stone, dare I say, grew three three sizes that day. No, it... I, I felt a little, yeah, I was like, hmm, this is, I got maybe a little some optimism. I got some optimism here, some things to feel optimistic about. If, oh, I knew, you knew there was going to be a caveat. I just wasn't going to give it to you for free. If Republicans are able to actually take the house, the power of the purse. And so this is where we start this morning. So Kevin McCarthy, the Republican minority leader in the house, and they they had a uh, they actually had a conference call about this a couple of days ago, and they were kind of laying the laying the land as to how this is gonna how this is gonna happen, how it was gonna roll out, et cetera, et cetera. And I think this is the perfect spot on messaging. Now, 
hold up, because I do have some friends, some friends of the bar brawl and variety where it concerns politics. And I say this as the former valedictorian of political bar brawling, that I know that they want people, I know that some want the want Republicans to be super aggressive. And I... And I know that they they want them to be, you know, it's fire and brimstone and, you know, all of that. But for the first time, I think that this is the right tone. And let me explain why. How many of you out there are more concerned about duking it out with, you know, because politically and uh, the political jockeying over your increased rent or mortgage? How many people of you are more interested in seeing, I mean, and granted, this could happen later on down the road, uh, Republicans, you know, rhetorically beat Democrats over the head with their own policies, or would you just like to have the economy stabilized right now, like this second? You know what I mean? There's a time for fighting and a time for, for pushing towards stability. And when I look at the state of the economy, I mean, yesterday was ridiculous. I mean, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's been pretty, it's been unstable. Every, people are losing money. I'm not even, everyone who is in my family that's on Facebook and they're older than 60, every, oh my gosh. I went and I looked at a, a it's a second cousin, but we're all, we're, we're, sidebar, we're such a big family, like every, like other people, basically a second cousin's like a first cousin, you know what I mean? It's like one of them things. So it's just, but then you call them your aunt because they're older than you. It's just weird. So anyway, not really an aunt, but we look at her like that, was talking on Facebook about how much uh, her 401k had taken, her 401k had taken a massive hit, and she's, you know, very nervous, and uh, oh my gosh, everybody's in the comments, all the, all the grown folks in the family in the comments, oh my gosh, and he, the crazy thing is that some of them are Democrats, I mean, granted, Democrat, not socialist, but they all wanted normalcy. That's what I hear from all of you, because I get y'all's emails. I can't respond to everything, and I don't, I try to read as much as I can that comes in, but I'm, you know, limited. But everybody wants a sense of normalcy, and it reminded me of this. One of my favorite movies, I'm going to bring the tugboat to shore, so bear with me. One of my favorite movies is Magnificent Seven, the original and also the remake starring Denzel Washington, because I really like how Antoine Fuqua approaches action films and it's a whole anyway whole other sidebar but there was a um her name is Haley bennett and she is she plays emma cullen in the new remake of magnificent seven and there's one particular scene her husband has just been killed by the bad guys that are moving in trying to take their all land their land she goes with her brother to town and she comes across denzel washington who's well known as a butt kicker and he's you know there he's he's dealing with some horse trading all this stuff and she hands him a bag of money, bag of coins. And she's like, please help us. It's everything we have. And he's like, well, I've never, he's like, I've been paid a lot for my work before, but I've never been paid everything somebody has. And she's like, please take it. She's, and she was explaining that, you know, her husband had been killed in the middle of the, in broad daylight in the middle of the middle of the church. And he's like, uh, so you're looking for revenge. And she says, no, I'm looking for righteousness, as should we all but I'll take revenge. And I think that's kind of where everybody is right now. I think everybody across the country is at the spot where we want, you know, we want some, and I, I'm using these words interchangeably with, you know, it's just some stability. 
You want to know that you can count on next year. You want to know that you can count on being able to, to meet your, your financial obligations. You want to be able to relax at night after your kids go to bed instead of wringing your hands and allowing the stress to show because you didn't want to freak them out. That's what people want. They want a sense of normalcy. And I think going over the top, there is a time for that. Don't mistake me. And that's my favorite part, by the way. There's a time for that for sure. But what was needed was the tone and the detailed explanation that was given this morning. And I like the way that it was laid out. Rarely am I this effusive in praise concerning Republican moves. I mean, I give credit where due because I normally don't think that they hit the right tone or I think that their messaging's off. And I try not to be so overly critical that I don't leave room for a constructive response. But I thought this was well done because they had McCarthy go out. You had everybody sitting there. You had Burgess Owens. You had Marjorie Taylor Greene. You had everybody. Every, every, all these Republican members of the House sitting there in a round, in a town hall roundtable type forum with regular average everyday people interspersed. They're sitting there. And they're literally going bit by bit and explaining what they're going to do in order to, to stabilize the ship. The audio that we played coming in was just one part of it. That's also one of my favorite parts. I was very pleased to hear this. They got into, not only did they get into the, uh, the IRS and the expense that that's going to cost, because it is taxation. You're not going to sit here and tell people that you're going to, we're hiring 87,000 additional agents, but your taxes aren't going up. They're just providing better service. They have the agents to provide the better service now. They want to get more. Audio soundbite 17. This is a great soundbite. Representative Brad Winstrup is, uh, he's from Ohio. And listen to what he said when the discussion was on immigration. That the cancer that is upon our society today from the fentanyl, and let's face it, where is it coming from? It's coming from across our borders. And, and Tony, you did a great job of really summarizing what is taking place. And I'm from Ohio. And believe me, we're a border town too, just like you know you are here today. He is a border town. They all discussed all of this. Everybody was bringing up their concerns. They're, they're answering questions. I thought it was rolled out very well. Now, the plan is called the, the Commitment to America. And I had one friend that was saying that I would rather it be sticking the boot up the uh, Democrats' backside. And I'm like, this isn't about them, though. And this is the big point. This isn't about Democrats. This isn't about hammering them over the head with their bad policies. We all see it. It's reflected in the polls that I share with you every single day. I mean, the guy in the White House has one of the lowest approval ratings I think I've ever seen Next, since, well, I wasn't alive with during Carter, but I would imagine if I were that it would match. It's horrible. And people are making their sentiments known. Survey after survey after survey. What have I been saying is the, are the, top, um, the top concerns for people? Economy, jobs. Economy, jobs, economy, jobs, economy, jobs. People are, are nervous. I mean, we still, I literally have a headline right now still about the baby formula crisis. It is at the end of September, and we are still talking about this issue. When I went to uh, Tom Thumb, our grocery store in the area, 
I went, I had to pick up some things. And you know, in the grocery store, and I remember this when I was little because my mom would go get her cigarettes sometimes. It, you know, they'd have them. You have to go to a separate counter sometimes. They used to keep it behind the register in a glass case. Now you got to go to that separate counter where you get the lottery tickets. They put all the sin stuff back there. You know, the super expensive liquor and the uh, them sin cigarettes, all that stuff. That's the sin counter. And so remember how you have, to, you have to go to that back counter and you have to get all that stuff? They had baby formula back there locked up. Legit had baby formula back there because they're they're trying to be careful with the supply. I've never seen that before. Like, what in the world? Usually I'm so busy and I'm running in and running out and I never have time to stand there and look at anything. And I did. And I, was, I, and I asked the uh, young man at the checkout. I was like, so uh, baby formula and cigarettes, right? I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, well, you know, they just, you know, they want to keep an eye on the supplies. Like, thankfully, you know, we've always done pretty good on it. And, you know, we've we've never really totally run out. He's like, but, you know, that was definitely a move that they made because they wanted to be aware of that. It's pretty interesting. But that's my whole point. This isn't about Democrats. This is about you. This is about your kids. This is about your grandkids. And this is what they focused on. They omitted Democrats from the table of discussion, I think, with the naming of this plan. And that was smart talking about this the newly unveiled commitment to america plan ahead of midterms i mean even politico they were trying to be snotty about it and they really couldn't they said it's it's modeling on the 1994's uh contract with america now you remember newt gingrich on that i was in school still i was in i think i was in junior high or high school and i kind of remember i just remembered all of a sudden newt gingrich got real powerful he was on the news all the time it's very similar to the contract with America. And I think it's going to be very well received. We have a lot more on the way to hit. We have some wokery. And apparently nobody knows what a heart is. And well, at least, you know, in some some parties, they don't. We're going to get into to that. We have uh, also uh, Florida Man. And we're going to talk with Alex Epstein about ESG and the green agenda which is basically just a proxy war between liberty and communism that's really what it is folks stop overpaying and let recoil gunworks be your go-to for ammo this is a great indiana based company and it was actually created in a small basement in 2013 small midwest town in their basement and uh, family owned they think like us and they're really known for over at recoil gunworks they're web-based firearms ammo and accessories retailer they're really known for their police trade-in guns and great shape they pick them including the firearms the lights the sights the scopes tasers and more you can buy now pay later no interest and at recoil gunworks they have very very competitive pricing super easy to use website as well just visit recoilgunworks.com slash dana you can search for whatever you need by caliber weight application you can look for brands like winchester federal uh, vast majority of the country by the way has no restrictions on receiving ammo and they will note you know they have it all up there very helpfully on their website ammo shipped to your door where legal and they explain that including illinois new jersey and connecticut you need to see the frequently asked questions on that and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions visit recoilgunworks.com dana today to get you a full list of products and use code dana to get free shipping on your next order whether you need it in the woods or on the range recoil gunworks gets it there fast and once you make your first order it won't be the last use code dana right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash dana and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for dana's quick five brought to you by caltech 
A man was found dead inside of a kettle cooker at a Lassenade Pappas processing plant in New Jersey. They make the Apple and Eve juice. That seems horrible. 63-year-old Dale DeVille. The, well, is OSHA. They, they are probing, well, it's the OSHA Occupational Safety and Health Administration. They are probing the death at the plant. They say that there's nothing suspicious, uh, but that it looks as though right now they, they're they thinking that it was an accident, but they're, they're still yet to make their final official determination. They said it was uh, early Monday morning, a fatal injury. And he, I have to say, he was like in his 60s, but he looks like he's a young, younger, like younger 60s, you know? I mean, he's, uh, and he's got a whole, you know, fan, oh, this is sad, but a, what a way to go my gosh also my gosh what in the world is this don't bring please don't bring your raccoons to the bar a woman did not listen to this sage advice she brought a wild raccoon into a north dakota bar and it prompted state health officials to issue a warning about potential rabies exposure and she's now facing criminal charges aaron christensen 38 is charged with misdemeanor counts of providing false information to law enforcement tampering with physical evidence and unlawful possession of fur bearers that is an actual thing i looked it up unlawful possession of fur bearers kane our new band name the fur bearers and it's an all-female punk band right could be or bearded like a bearded you know sort of thrash metal band maybe I mean, you have to, with the word bear, you got to be hardcore. So she was arrested. They found her and the raccoon because they served several search warrants in and around the town. She said, the family said she found the raccoon on the side of the road, named it Rocky. And they were nursing it back to health. They were going to release it out in the wild. Now, this is what makes me sad. They had, they, they said it's un, uh, it's illegal to keep a wild raccoon, but y'all didn't have to euthanize it. It tested negative for rabies, meaning they had to chop the top of its head off and test it. That's how they do that. They euthanized the thing. That makes me mad. So don't be stupid like this broad and get your raccoon killed because you're too, you know, too dumb to not bring it into the bar. Now I'm mad. Gretchen Whitmer opens up a 16-point lead in the Michigan governor's race because who knows why? Stick with us. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text DANA to 9 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm, 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 I'm President Biden is the President of the United States. He did a great service to our country. He defeated Donald Trump. Let's not forget oh that. If you care about it's the air like we Mothra breathe, water Godzilla. we drink, the education of our children, jobs for our, our um, 
their families, pensions for their seniors, any subject you can name. Oh, my gosh. I'm already done. I'm, I'm not going into politics. Meanwhile, the Dow's below 30K. What did they say? It's the first. How long? When's the last time that happened? It was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. 2011, 2008, 2008. Yeah. Below. That's below 30,000. Who boy. I mean, uh, so there, that, you know, but go ahead. And she can't. The, no wonder she can't say whether or not. That was Nancy Pelosi, by the way. She just, she's not going to get into the politics about whether or not he should run. There's nothing political about it. Do you think he should run or not? Welcome back to the program. Your lovable little curmudgeon here, Dana Lash. And we're at the bottom of our first hour this Friday, getting you set up for the weekend. I wouldn't, I mean, why? They don't want to answer that question. It's bad. He's going to be, um, I, I think he's trying to do some fundraising. They had Kamala Harris. She's speaking. Oh, he's speaking with the NEA later today, right? That's who he is. He's speaking at the teachers union thing later today. Kamala Harris already spoke there and it was it, it was about as bad as you could you know imagine. Um, it's just just imagine some word salad in her voice and you got it correct. I listened to a couple of it. I'm like, it's just because we already we always have at least two or three cuts of word salad of her. And the only thing she could muster was, well, you know, and unions know how to organize. Yay. That's actually what she said. I'm not I'm not exaggerating. So. This move, I think, like I said, we were talking about this last segment from Republicans. Now, Democrats are going to have to they're going to have to defend against this. Inflation is costing the average American family eleven thousand five hundred this year alone. That is the average cost for the everyday family in this country. Eleven thousand five hundred. You will you will spend that much more this if if you want to enjoy the same standard of living that you had maintained in 2020. That's unbelievable. The estimates, let me pull this up, comes from nerdwallet.com and it incorporates data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. They were comparing this year to 2020 and the last full year. 2020 was the last full year when inflation was relatively stable. This is about, you know, a little over 1.2. Now it's at 8.3, BLS data. And they said that the average estimate, that's, I mean, they said 2020 American households spent 61300 on average. That includes everything, housing, food, everything, your, your home, your gas, your medical, everything. In 2022, it's going to hit 72900 so $11,500 more if consumers want to maintain the same standard of living. Huh. Now, there was a separate analysis from the House's Joint Economic Committee. And that was estimating that inflation is costing American households an extra $717 each month. Although it depends kind of on what state you're in. In Colorado, it's an extra $937 a month. In Utah, $910 a month. In Arizona, an extra $833,000 a month. Now, they're estimating that it's a little, it's a close to $9,000 extra a year is the cost of inflation. It is the invisible tax. And that's, who boy. It is, people are feeling it. They are absolutely feeling it. And they do not, they want normalcy. They want stability. That is what they're looking at. And in the meantime, 
Democrats are like, but my abortion. But, but, but. I still can't get over that soundbite from, uh, what's her face? Election denier, the insurrectionist, Stacey Abrams down in Georgia. Devil went down to Georgia and lost a damn gubernatorial race and now wants to lose another one. So she's, she was the one who came out. We played that yesterday saying, no, well, it's not an actual real heartbeat. Look at this. So Planned Parenthood, as you have seen, they decide that they are going to retcon the, I guess, definition of what a heartbeat is on their website. And everybody's like, oh, the, it's not a real heartbeat. It's just cardiac tissue. And we've, we got into that yesterday. But they are still going on and on about it. Yes, sir. Science says when they find like bacteria on Mars and stuff that they found life. But an actual fetal heartbeat is not life. Uh, I have a question for you, sir. Yeah. Is that bacteria, is it a registered Democrat? Oh. Because that would make it D different. Yeah, I didn't look into that. Yeah, just, can point. it vote? Good point. That's that's really what, what counts here. Can it vote, though? Most funguses do. That's really how they define life. Can you vote? <laughs> well, then, I actually, let me take that back, because they got a lot of dead voters. So, you know, really, I think that's also kind of left up to an interpretation. That's a good point. It, really, it, it really does seem that way. But the fact that they're making this, that was a major mistake. Stacey Abrams is... A less shrill AOC. They're both annoying and they're dumb. And I'm not saying, I'm just not name calling. They are. I don't, I don't consider either of them intelligent women. I don't, I mean, I don't think I could hold a conversation with AOC because my eyes would gloss over and it would just be mind numbingly just boring. And Stacey Abrams out there, well, who says that? Who gets up on stage? Well, them, them magical machines. It's them ultrasound machines. They're just, they were created by the patriarchy to keep you women down. Who says this stuff? Who gets up there and says that? Oh my gosh. They're up there. It just, it's, it's a made up sound. Light bulbs were, were invented by the patriarchy to keep women down. I mean, just like, what else are you going to? fabricate i just cannot believe all these women set up there and i guess there was a dude all set up there on stage with her and kept a straight face Uh, just the insanity of what she said is and someone there obviously thought it was dumb enough that they sent it out and that's how it got someone in the audience was thinking the same thing we are oh my gosh you can't, but here's the, here's the question. Okay, go ahead. Let's go ahead and play into their arguments. Okay, say that the heartbeat doesn't start till six weeks. So is six weeks good enough for you to just cut it off then? No, it's not. That's the question. It's, it doesn't matter. They don't care when a heartbeat starts. They don't care about any of that. They don't care about cardiac tissue. They don't care about any of this. They want it to where there, is, there are no limitations. And please remember what I have told you for years. The very think tank that's a left-leaning entity the gumacher institute and that's planned parenthood makes all their they have to make all their stuff public and their institute has 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 already they tabulate this like every couple of years i mean 99 percent of abortions are birth control we're not talking about the less than one percent that are rape and or incest we're talking about birth control and that is what it is used for This is not me saying this. They 
actually publish this information. And they think it's totally fine. But yet at the same time, the same party to whom they donate fought over the counter, two times, by the way, two times, they fought the Republican proposed bill to make birth control over the counter. I have no problem with birth control being over the counter. Oh my gosh, but apparently they do. Now you better go to Planned Parenthood and get it. Give them some business. It's like Big Pharma. It's all the same. It's big abortion. That's <laughs> what we should call it. But the fact that that's what they're focusing on. How many surveys have I shared with you? Ameri- what, what the American people are, are worried about. Not that. They don't care about birth control as abortion. They don't, they, they're not looking to protect that as a, as a, as a taxpayer-funded you know, form of birth control. They're looking at the economy. Boy, his uh, it is tanking. I'm just looked at the RCP average and it's going to affect other races. It's well, it's already it already is. Uh, it's already affecting other races uh, and look and I think that's why some of these some of these states like Pennsylvania, I honestly thought that would have been a lot further apart considering the uh, candidate. But I think that just goes to show you he doesn't have coattails. That's why he's not going there. It's the, we're in, and we got two years of this? Two, two years of this left with the, with the economy? I am fascinated. I cannot wait to see what the uh, exit polls are going to be for midterms. I don't know that I've ever been so excited to see exit term polling. Now, a couple of other things. Over at, uh, this is Washington Times, I think Washington Times, it's Philip Wegman. He's saying no, RCP. Uh, the president, remember the big push for student uh, debt dis- redistribution? Have you heard him talking about that anymore? No. You haven't. He is intentionally downplaying it, not talking about it. He, in fact, um, he was talking to a bunch of students. He was at a high school gymnasium in Rockville, Maryland. And he said only one thing kind of in passing about the redistribution of other people's college debt and 300 billion bailout. And in fact, in the last two dozen remarks or speeches that he's given, RCP looked, and this is from August 25th until now, he himself has only mentioned his debt, student debt redistribution, the 300 billion bailout, only three times. Because that's how bad it pulls, even amongst Democrats. So this is what they do. They'll promise you something and they'll try to, they'll, they'll, if they don't go through it, they'll ignore it. And if they go through it and they know it's going to hurt them more, they're going to ignore it. He didn't even, he's talking to students and he didn't even mention student debt relief. He had a, there was a reception, it was reported, uh, that at, the, uh, at the White House and it was hosted by the DNC and he didn't even bring it up once in his remarks then. Was that not like a keystone? That was everything that they, that's all they could talk about all summer. That's all they could talk about. I'm telling you. Now, I have a couple of other things uh, to get in to get in here with. We still let me pull this up as it relates to uh, a couple of things. The IRS. There was a good piece over at Town Hall about how the IRS still can snoop on your emails without a warrant. 
This is one of the uh, this is one of the things that I think went overlooked when they I think uh, what this was uh, a security. It was the IRS data leak. This was back uh, this summer when you had like the third leak, the third IRS data leak, because they have a horrible record on privacy. And a lot of it, honestly, it's either it's either incompetence or intentional. And can it be intentional incompetence, though? I think you can have both. When the IRS said that it, it accidentally published confidential data of 120,000 taxpayers and left it on its website for months. And then there was supposed to have been, they said that they were going to investigate, but I guess that went to the wayside, just like the investigation into the Supreme Court leaker. I don't know. And they want to expand this even more. So we have this plus, let me pull this up, the abuse from the IRS to the abuse from credit card companies with the firearm purchases there have been and i'm pulling up a letter there's a bunch of ags that sent this letter out including i think eric schmidt from missouri who is running for senate in that race and they're absolutely they're pushing back not only against the gun code going on these purchases with these credit card companies they're also now pushing back bit by bit on all of the ESG stuff, too. In fact, some of the latest ones, some of these Republican AGs, uh, they sent, Wall Street Journal had a letter that they sent out, and they said that uh, it leads to misuse of consumer data. It's not going to protect the public, and they're going to go on the offense on it. They don't want to, they're not going to allow people to get rolled over this, they were saying in their, in their letter. So they're threatening to use their power against credit card companies who are enabling the violation of these rights. Good. They should because it's absolutely they can. So there were a number of them that signed on to this. And I think that it's going to be very I'm interested in, in, in seeing because some of these AGs are up for reelection. I hope they're able to keep their seats. This is why turnout is important. We're going to get into I got still a million other things to get into. Folks, stop overpaying and let Recoil Gunworks be your go to for ammo. This is a great Indiana based company. And it was actually created in a small basement in 2013, small Midwest town in their basement and uh, family owned. They think like us. And they're really known for over at Recoil Gunworks. They're web based firearms, ammo and accessories retailer. They're really known for their police trade in guns in great shape. They pick them, including the fire firearms, the lights, the sights, the scopes, tasers, and more. You can buy now, pay later, no interest. And at Recoil Gunworks, they have very, very competitive pricing. Super easy to use website as well. Just visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. You can search for whatever you need by caliber, weight, application. You can look for brands like Winchester, Federal. Uh, vast majority of the country, by the way, has no restrictions on receiving ammo and they will note you know they have it all up there very helpfully on their website ammo shipped to your door where legal and they explain that including illinois new jersey and connecticut you need to see the frequently asked questions on that and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions visit recoilgunworks.com slash dana today to get you a full list of products and use code dana to get free shipping on your next order whether you need it in the woods or on the range recoil gunworks gets it there fast and once you make your first order it won't be the last use code dana right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash dana of all your favorite talk hosts one of these is not like the others the dana show i also 
we have to remember these are human beings, they're people, so seeing them being used as political pawns one way or the other is, is very uh, troubling to me. So that was Jared Kushner, who was on uh, TV yesterday discussing his book. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here. And he was saying that you know these people are being used as pawns, and he was criticizing the flights of uh, illegal entrants from uh, Texas and Florida to you know other Democrat uh, areas, particularly Florida to Martha's Vineyard. And I, my, I disagree with him. I mean, no one's the, the people aren't arguing that they're not humans. That's a that's a specious argument. No one's sitting here saying that. Oh, these people aren't people. No one's saying this. But I find it a little difficult to believe that the uh, to to uh, you, if someone willingly chooses to enter the country illegally, how is that person the one being taken advantage of? That doesn't make any sense. And we have to remember that these are human beings. They're people. No one's saying that they're not. That's not the argument. That's a Mott Bailey. No one's saying that they're not uh, that they're not human beings or that they're not people. The point is that. If you willingly choose to enter illegally, you are not the one being taken advantage of. The people on whom you are infringing, whether it's resources or hospitality or the law that everyone else is is expected to uphold that you somehow get a pass on, that that is you taking advantage of others. So I disagree with the reasoning here. It is wrong. Now... If only we were, you know, if only we had, I wish that people considered all of the innocent people that were affected by this. You know, the, the, the ranchers and property owners, you can't even walk outside at night for fear of the coyotes because they're, they're taking advantage of this open border policy. Our second hour is on the way. We got a midterm update and uh, if they wreck James Bond, I'll wreck their face. We'll talk about that too. Stay with us. Dana Lash here for ARC Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, Food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about ARC Seed Kits. You can visit ARC, A-R-K, ARCSeedKits.com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, ARC Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. Now, these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. We're talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff designed to grow new nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits to sustain any home at any time. So, and they can be harvested and regrown year after year. You guys know how heirloom seeds work, right? Chaz Chop in Portland didn't. So visit Arc Seed Kits and enter Dana to get your 10% discount code and be on your way to food and economic security, helping you and your family and your community. It's a limited time offer. Visit arcseedkits.com, A-R-K, and order your seed kits and save 10% today. Uh, I reject socialism outright. I reject. I reject uh, Marxism, Leninism, communism, any of these isms that have come out 
of, of a political theory that basically uh, denies the worth of each and every individual. That's true. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you this Friday, top of our second hour. You're a lovable curmudgeon getting you set up for the weekend. That was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And of course, he's speaking about what is it? The emotional social learning ESL, which is partnered with dovetails with uh, and part of critical race theory. They're communist principles that have been growing in schools across the country, masquerading as as education when they're not. And he's correct. Parents have been really empowered, and I think Democrats are being rocked. This is, and this is why it's so, I hear Biden's going to be speaking to the NEA. The people who are, the teachers unions who are advocating, is, he, is it NEA even, or the ATF, American Teachers Federation, whatever, Randy Weingarten thing? They're going to be speaking to these teachers unions. This after these same entities were pushing to keep schools closed, students remote learning, they're academically set back. The damage is still being measured. And he's going to go speak to them. They call parents domestic terrorists, but they're going to go speak to the teachers unions. That should tell you everything you need to know. What an optic. Cut that ad. Right. Him speaking, that's your B-roll. That's your footage. That's your whole ad. That's everything. You don't even need to spend any money on a K Street. Just cut it and air it. That's all you got to do with that. While they called parents domestic terrorists. Parents who were fighting for justice for their children. And then show the dad who was taking issue with the school who allowed his daughter to get raped in the bathroom by a male student who wanted to cosplay as a female. Show the show all the domestic tagging and Merrick Garland and all of that stuff with the uh, parents as terrorists going to school boards simply speaking out because dissent is apparently terrorist activity. How is that different from what Putin's doing in Russia right now, by the way? So show that ad. Make that happen. There you go. I have more. I've we've we, this this whole all this wokery. This it gets into this Air Force Academy stuff where you have the diversity training. They're telling cadets to use words that include all genders and drop mom and dad. Get bent. It's a diversity and inclusion. It's United States Air Force Academy. We went from Top Gun to this. We went from Top Gun to the Air Force Academy saying don't use words like mom and dad. They had a slide presentation called diversity and inclusion what it is why we care and what we can do and they advise cadets to use person-centered and gender-neutral language when describing individuals they actually have i can't even believe these are actual slides they say that some families are headed by single parents do they think wait they think these recruits are morons Some families are headed by single parents, grandparents, foster parents, two moms, two dads, etc. Consider parent or caregiver instead of mom and dad. Um, I don't want to tell you what my pronouns are because I'll be fired off air. I'll be fined and fired. The uh, documents were shared with a veteran green beret from the afghan war he said that the materials alarmed him they were verified they have the slides like what do people call themselves when in doubt ask include all genders so y'all team squatties everyone folks versus you guys get bent if you're going to get upset over a pronoun you're too weak for war yeah that's it 
That's all this is. This is this is it's the diversity and inclusion training. This is just so crazy. And they uh, they were also saying, what is this G animals? I was reading this. They also include this exercise where they ask cadets to separate into groups and write down as many G animals or animals that start with the letter G that they can think of in one minute's time. And they said, what does this show us about the power of combining our diverse perspectives? This sounds stupid. How many G animals did you generate as an individual? This, this is what I want the slides in my Air Force to, sound, to, to read. I want them to be like, how can we kick ass? How can we annihilate the enemy? How can we be like Top Gun, but real? That's what I want to see. I don't want to see this garbage. This is not what I want to see. It's not what you want to see. Nobody wants this stuff. You're going into war. There are no safe spaces in war. This is like no crying in baseball. There's no safe spaces in war. There's none of that. You are supposed to be part of a whole. No one cares about your own personal identity. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's disruptive to the function of a unit as a whole for everyone to stop what they're doing. Make sure, did you, did everyone affirm everyone else's individual life choices today? Did you? So done with it. This is why nobody wants to, this is why nobody wants to sign up. This is, you're not going to get recruitment with stuff like this. Are you kidding me? You're, you're, you're training people to go out and, and, and kick ass. That's what you're doing. That is not a beta position. These are alpha jobs. And you're trying to take alpha jobs and diminish them into beta roles. Psychologically, it's not going to work. The people who are attracted to this type of necessary work are not betas. So that is why a huge reason, if not the biggest reason, that recruitment is down. When you are... When you are serving the country you are focused on the job of serving the country you are not focused on i wonder what pronoun that person wants me to use z sir z i mean nobody cares about this nobody cares about it do you know why because stuff like that is not worth dying for nobody nobody wants to have their husband go to war and die for that crap nobody wants to have their kids go to war and die for that crap that is not a unifying mission it is purposeful disunity. It's infuriating. Mamie is mad like with the James Bond thing. I went all, I was mad. I'm mad about this and it's, it's, it's basically an avatar for all of the things I'm mad about with wokery right now, particularly with dudes. So I wrote a piece last night. By the way, spare me your thoughts about James Bond's guns that he carries. I don't care. That's not what this is about. I don't care what you think of his skinny tie. I don't care. Quit looking at, look at the forest. So I saw this piece from the Telegraph. It reads this. The next James Bond films will have bigger roles for women and a more sensitive 007, according to the producers, who said that Bond is evolving just as men are evolving. Men aren't evolving. I said last night that our culture is devolving and they're trying to make men dumber and weaker in the process. Who here wants a, some insipid, sensitive James Bond? 
I think Daniel Craig as James Bond as, is the most sensitivity I will allow or should be allowed. I called the piece. If you wreck James Bond, I will wreck, wreck your face. Because it is, it's the unicization of James Bond. If you want to put a chick in the role, here's the thing. Have the originality to invent a new female-driven franchise for a female instead of emasculating the old one with some repurposed dog's breakfast. I will ride over this. I don't know what that's going to look like yet. I will literally, I'm not joking. I will have a one-woman riot. I don't care. Because James Bond is cool. I love James Bond. Sean Connery was the best. Don't mess. They have a lit theme song, too. Dude, I mean, it's just amazing. Sean Connery was the best. I think Daniel Craig, as I said, he was as sensitive as should be allowed, was a good second. A lot of people really put down Timothy Dalton. He's really underserved in the rankings. He's a little bit darker. Is I think a little bit more to Fleming's original idea. So, you know, I, but I think that Craig uh, captured some of that. Okay, with the music. I think he captured some of that and reinvented it when, with his portrayal. Like the opening sequence of Spectre, that was amazing. I mean, it was basically like Olympic parkour. Roger Moore, I was going to give third place to Pierce Brosnan, but he's catty. And I don't like catty men as James Bond. That's a female attribute. Cattiness is a female attribute. I don't want I don't want a guy as James Bond being catty. So because Pierce Brosnan called for a female 007 and he was really catty towards Craig uh, Daniel Craig's performance, he doesn't get number three. Roger Moore was a little bit campy and fun, and that's totally okay. Maybe a little bit older, that's totally okay. So Roger Moore takes that spot. Here's the thing: not every actor does the same James Bond, but there are characteristics that every Bond should possess, right? Being a chick or overly sensitive isn't one of them. I mean, my whole point is that I get that there's all different kinds of iterations of this. The point is that. This is an this is a, an I it's an iconic figure in pop culture. James Bond is not some anas, an, uh, anachronistic snapshot of a man in decline. This is a man at his peak. He has a way out of every situation. He can beat the hell out of a guy in a bathroom, and then he can show up at a poker tournament in a crisp tux. He's got a you know snack on his arm going up there to texas hold'em at the poker tournament and oftentimes the lady he's got is as dangerous and deadly as he is it's everyone's like oh it's a testosterone fueled guy movie no it's not it's a testosterone fueled flick for chicks please do not mistake this or or confuse it with a chick flick don't twist it but there are women on this planet who want their men to have a strong sense of good versus evil my husband's first line to me the first time we ever met my husband's first line to me was this. Which one of these losers is your boyfriend? And I was like, you're going to be mine. That's because that's I like aggressive gallantry. That's part of chivalry. There's a difference between being a jack wagon and between being that. And see, women like that. What do you think? I mean, th- dude, people forget how well Top Gun did at the box office. We were just talking about this. People didn't watch Top Gun because they wanted to learn more about serving in the Air Force, Kane. No, that's not why they watched Top Gun. They watched it because dudes with balls bigger than that Halton school teacher's prosthetic boobs dangerously flew jets and they risked their lives for America while romancing the ladies. You, women don't have to take a rib. 
from a male character driven franchise to do something different for ourselves. Sigourney Reavers, uh, Ripley, an alien, that was amazing. She was an icon. Kate Beckinsale in Underworld, uh, Mila Jojovich in uh, uh, Resident Evil, uh, the Stieg Larsen's girl with the dragon tattoo. I know Rooney Mara did the America American version, but Numi Rapace was the other one. Uh, I played Lisbeth uh, uh, Salander. So these are all great female-led franchises. They're not required to like do this, you know, male character. If women are so empowered, then make your own damn franchises. Make your own damn characters. Give the people what they want. I think the people also want Idris Elba, but it doesn't sound like he wants to do it, which is sad. Someone convinced him. We got more to come as we uh, barrel towards our headlines. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. I mean, I understand that. I mean, this is kind of how Earth Day started, though. It was the guy who put his girlfriend in the wood chipper, essentially. But this is this is bizarre. I get it that in California, it's where all the hippies are, for the most part. But they have a new law that you can actually use human remains as compost. You know, because climate change... It's all about tackling climate change. Oh my gosh, this is soil and green, guys. So California is going to offer the option of human composting after death. Thanks to a new bill signed into law that is going to tackle, they say, climate change. It's, they're calling it natural organic reduction. That's what, that's what the human composting is called. And they say it's going to be an option for people who don't want to be cremated or buried. And so you basically go into a reusable steel container along with wood chips and flowers to aerate it, and it allows microbes and bacteria to break down the remains. And then one month later, it's turned into soil. Oh my gosh. This is what their, this is their future for you. You get to live in the dark and you get to run on, uh, you know, battery cars and you don't even have enough power in the state to charge them. And then you're going to be uh, turned into uh, soil. We're gonna, you're going to at some point people are going to be eating dead people in California. That's really what we're getting to. Soil and green. A Denver man. This is crazy. Was found guilty for killing a 21 year old woman over dog do. Dude, he shot and killed her because her dog defecated outside of his apartment. There's probably better ways to handle this, I would think. Uh, so he's got Michael Close is uh, going he's I mean he's trying to say trying to plead not guilty by reason of insanity I think he was saying and he needs to uh, be off this earth uh, also antidepressants apparently work better than sugar pills only 15% of the time man by the way if you were to watch big pharma's commercials on television everybody's depressed and has anxiety and everybody needs a pill so that's the thing and Newsweek has that uh, has more on that survey and deep brain stimulation 
uh, they're thinking about having these implants to help people reduce their OCD symptoms with electrical impulses. What in the world? And McDonald's is facing a $10 billion suit because they say it doesn't advertise enough on uh, black television. Stay with us. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Send us back to New Jersey. (laughs) Send me to D.C. for you. Wait, that's John Fetterwoman. And his neck lump in uh, Pennsylvania. You, you didn't catch that. Okay. Welcome back to the show. Daniel Ash here with you. <laughs> Lovable curmudgeon giving you a midterm update. He's still crazy. No, he's uh now they're the race got closer. New survey. The morning call. Ooh. And uh it's very interesting. It's a morning call Mullenberg College survey. And it shows the race tightening. I have not looked at the cross tabs on this. I haven't, but it says that uh, his lead has shrunk. It's within the survey's margin of error, which is six points. That's actually a pretty wide margin of error. Six points? Chimney Christmas. So it's a five-point lead that it has now. That That is a difference from what it, you know, what it was, uh, what they had previously. And this, I'm pulling this up. The RCP average now has him down only plus four. And so that means, and it is toss-up. So very, he's been going down. He started at 11, and now he's all the way down at plus four. And that was back earlier, this, that was back in the summer. Late, late uh, well, not late summer. This is back in July. Very interesting. So it's getting closer and closer. Now in Arizona Senate, the latest survey, it's a Fabrizio uh, survey. Arizona Senate has Masters v. Kelly. Kelly at 50, Masters 42. Lake versus Hobbs uh, in for Arizona Governor. Lake 48, Hobbs 49. Whew, man, that's close. And then another poll has Kelly and Masters 47-35. So pretty, it's kind of interesting. The, I mean, you're going to see them tighten, uh, obviously. I mean, uh, as we get closer to midterms, but... I do. They're spending a lot of money. The the Masso Cortez one in Nevada. The fact that she's like now within striking distance, electorally speaking, ballot you know vote, voting wise, uh, she has spent. I was looking at her 
ad buys. Oh my gosh, the woman, millions and millions of dollars. Millions and millions and millions of dollars. And this is all she's got. And it's only got her this far. Yeah, she was down. She was leading at one point. And I think the average has her. Let me look. I think the average. Uh, I mean, she. I mean, she. At one point, she was leading. Laxalt's up uh, plus uh, almost plus two. That's the RCP average. Yeah, she started back in. Well, so the first time they did this, this was back in April. She was at a plus eight in April, and then even going into summer, she was at a plus seven, and then it started to slide. Some of the earlier polling, I have to say, was a little, I'm a little skeptical uh, skeptical of it because there was such a wide swing. It would either have hers like plus nine and then Laxalt plus five. And I'm just like looking at this like that's too, you know, come on, let's, let's get near, let's, let's refine this a little bit more. But every, the last, the last three surveys taken from the beginning of September, or sorry, sorry, the beginning of August. The last three have him leading. So it's still within the margin of error, but that's going to be, that's a toss-up. These are all toss-ups. You get seven toss-ups going in the battle for the Senate. And as I told you, Republicans could walk away with a plus two. The way that it's set up now with Democrats, you have... Uh, I mean, I mean, really, it would be a Republican majority, but you have two independents that caucus with Democrats and you got Kamala Harris that breaks the tie. So that's the I mean, that's kind of that's what we're looking at here. And that's why it's, you know, very I mean, we we it's going to be if we win everything we need to, it's still going to be pretty close because 2020 you had Democrats 48 to Republicans 50 seat uh, win. And then the two independents at caucus with those Democrats, you have 35 seats up for reelection this go around. 11 of them are rated solid or leans Democrat. And there are uh, there were three. Now they're 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 seven toss ups now. That's huge. Went from three toss ups to seven toss ups. Uh, depending on who you, I think it's more likely seven. And Republicans have 19 seats rated as solid, likely, and leans Republican. The toss-up for them is Pennsylvania. So pretty, this is pretty significant. So we have, the, the t- they're describing as toss-ups, Arizona, Georgia, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Those are the toss-up states, or the, the ra- races for Senate. Remember, you got to have 51 for majority. So this is where we're at. I think it's looking pretty good. I'm not getting too excited, though, because one thing that we know in the Senate, Republicans are real famous for doing some dumb stuff as we get closer. So no dumb stuff from here on out. Kevin McCarthy can't handle everything right now. Okay, he's got they just came out with the American uh, commitment to America. That's great. That's going to be a boon for the House races. I think that'll bolster the enthusiasm more. And it also offers the Senate something to run on, too, because they can co-sign on to this. These are all good things. So, yeah, he went that on a shirt. No dumb stuff. Democrats are going to drain their war chest, but that's, as Kane notes, true. But this, I think that they, the, they have, Republicans have more to fight for. 
Democrats have more to defend and defend, especially in this economy. If you are an incumbent, it is hard. It is very difficult, especially with the Dow. And that's why this move to hyper focus on all of this and not even they didn't make this about Democrats because they don't need to. They're going to take the air out of their balloon that I think it's smart. It is smart language, smart messaging. I, so I, you know, I feel like somebody knows kind of what they're doing right now, right now. So let's just say prayer, cross fingers, whatever you got to do. Oof. All right. So I got to share this story with you guys. Oh my gosh. This is a Reuters piece. You ready for this? It's dumb. This guy looks like David Hogg. Looks like a little skinny David Hogg. He's with his wife. It's from Reuters. It says how Texas abortion, how Texas's abortion ban hurts big oils effort. To transform its workforce. What? Oh man. They say. They did this story on this uh, couple. They're trying to say. Look if you guys love oil and gas. Then you're going to want to make sure these people can get their abortions. So they talked to this dude. Steve Beeman. And his wife. They said that they decided it was time to live elsewhere. And they describe him as this oil worker. Like he's a rugged oil worker. He ain't no rugged oil worker. The guy literally works in safety. He's an office guy. A little skinny office guy. Senior regional safety manager. That's him. And he's acting like he's, just, he's out there on the rig. So he goes, he, they, left, they left Texas because they were worried about their abortion access. And she was talking about the climate that contributed to the couple's decision. And then she said that... that um, the flaring political culture war around abortion threatened to undo his hiring and retention goals. And they said that it was always difficult to, you know, when you make it create an, an environment that's unfriendly to women, it just makes it harder. Um, I got it. What in fresh hell am I listening to here? Because this they seem like they're, they should be educated people, right? I mean, you would think that they would be. I mean, the guy was able to go and get a degree and he works in safety and got an average job. I mean, hey, if, if this little skinny pencil neck is so worried about abortion, maybe get a prophylactic. Get you some birth control. I mean, that's a, isn't that, is that not an option? I think that's petroleum. Isn't it a patrol? I mean, dude, you work in the industry that creates the thing that you could sheath your thing in and, and then not have to worry about abortion. Why are these people so stupid? This is killing me. I mean, I, I got to move the state because I can't kill my baby that was created because I'm too dumb to figure out how to get birth control or get a, a condom. And this is... I just, I don't know what this is supposed to be representative of, except it is a horrible statement on how stupid this guy particularly is. Oh, and his wife's eyebrows. It's not the 90s. Stop it. But you see what I'm saying here? This, what is this? The, the fact that this is a story is crazy. And they said that some oil workers want their employers to take a stand on abortion. Literally no one says this. It's medically unsafe to carry pregnancy in Texas. This moron. My wife is at high risk for ectopic pregnancy. That's not, it's not a viable pregnancy. We don't even have modern medicine that can make that a viable pregnancy. You stupid, barbaric, single cell 
moron. I have no, these people are too dumb to breathe. I don't know how this happens. Can we stop with the ectopic thing? That's not even, that doesn't work. Someone learn science. I'm going to get mad. It's Friday. And we're supposed to be like happy and going into the weekend. But this is dumb. So the left makes big oil and gas evil. But it's good if you support their position on abortion. Is that what we're getting here? Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, I just. That's rich. They're like, we're, it's medically unsafe to carry. Well, an ectopic pregnancy isn't a viable pregnancy. So that's not actually. And there, and, and there are always, there are all, in every state, there are exemptions or exceptions. Every state. And that is not considered a viable pregnancy. I don't think this guy is, I don't sit here and I don't go to the oil rig and slap the redacted out of his mouth. He doesn't need to sit here and come and tell women how, about their bodies. I'm, I mean, I can't. This stuff, I get so aggravated and I got this pencil neck and his, his you know, wife here. Sitting here saying, well, you know, we're leaving Texas because, uh, you know, our, the abortion ban is hurting big oil. If you cannot figure out how to prevent creating life, then maybe don't engage in the act that, that does it. If you are that dumb, please do not create more of you. I, I'm not offering any kind, of, any kind of kind words or any kind of mercy because these people parade and act as though they are our intellectual and moral betters. And then they say stuff that is so stupid. If it was a, if it was a paper for a junior high science class, it would be given an F. It's so incredibly frustrating. And it's sexist because you think women, they think women are dumb. We're dumb enough to believe this. You want to talk about sexist listening to the patriarchy, the progressive patriarchy lecture women about what is or is not a viable pregnancy or what is or is not a heartbeat? Don't. If you're a regular listener, then you've heard me talk about Keltec and all the reasons why they're one of my personal favorites when it comes to firearms. Privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one of a kind American made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P50. The P50 platform is based around a 50-round double-stack magazine which lays horizontally along the top of the grip. The 5.7 cartridge comes in several variants, from sporting, hunting, to personal defense, and with how easy it handles its smooth shooting, because it's well-balanced and thus accurate. You can definitely see Keltec's reliability and quality at work. The P50 is fun on the range, but it's also great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P50 and all other Keltec weapons, and products, check out keltechweapons.com. That's K E L T E C weapons.com. Keltech, creating innovative quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltechweapons.com. The Dana Show, sponsored by 30 years of game changing Keltech innovation, like the P50, a new breed of pistol. Innovation, performance, Keltech. It's his life mission. To make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Why are people nasty? I just don't even know. All right, so... A Florida man was caught by his neighbor exposing himself in West Palm Beach on the doorbell camera. It occurred on a Sunday... On Sunday, the victim told police that he got a notification from his doorbell camera that he just bought and opened it up. And then he saw his neighbor, Marco Suarez, half naked, any KKID, and completing an individual activity on the porch. 
in front of the camera, like for the camera. I'm not going to read his quote because I cannot. I can't, guys. I can't. It's way too much. Can you are welcome to if you would like. Uh, so he apparently was at a party the night before and he was drunk when he arrived home. And then when he was at his house, he thought he was going to use the restroom. That's what he was telling. And then that's what he was telling police. And then the neighbor was, I have to just tiptoe around this because this whole thing is so nasty. The neighbor was saying, that's not how you go to the bathroom. I don't know who, who taught you that, but that's not how that works. Anyway, he was charged with unlawful exposure of sexual organs and outstanding failure to appear warrant. We're going to wash your porch out with bleach. It's so nasty. A Florida man visiting friends in D.C. had his wheels stolen off his car as the string of thefts continue. Terry Robinson from Tallahassee rented a car, visited friends in D.C. He was visiting until a little after a little bit before 1 a.m., parked his car outside of his friend's home. And then... uh, they they had the news crew come. They called him because they said that the towing was about to remove his car uh, that fit the profile. It's a, it was a Honda, I think, all four wheels gone. They took his wheels. He says, I come to visit one night. I'm here one night, and my wheels are gone. The rental company had already given him another car because he had to drive back to Florida. And he's uh, it, it just it's crazy. And this, so they interviewed Ibrahim uh, Aburish, who is the tow truck driver who was there to help out. They said he's removed over 80 cars with stolen wheels uh, just recently. And he goes, these are professionals. He said they have a racket going on and they either have a nice line of people they're selling to or they're selling to a bunch of shops. He says, but it's too many times, too many rims. No words of arrests, you know, but they're, who boy, that's like pit, crazy. It's like a NASCAR pit crew came in and just took the wheels. No joke, right? Steve, you're in, do you go worry about that? The carjacking In stuff? D.C.? No, I mean like somebody taking your tires. Oh, apparently uh, eighty times in over just past couple of months. Well, I've been parking in the city there for three months, and knock on wood, but oh, I, I see it. Man, that's crazy. Oh, all right. This uh, story: a scissor wielding Florida man stabbed a person over forty times. This is horrible. It was in a sur- It was a uh, on Monday. It was at a store. Surveillance footage footage captured thirty six year old Edmund Clark. Standing at the counter of the store, he set, he reaches for a pair of scissors and then stabs the person repeatedly. Uh, and apparently, I read a story. Kane, he was trying to behead him, wasn't he, with the yeah, scissors? That's what I heard too. Is an attempted beheading with scissors right. at the trading post at Burnt Store Marina, Lee County. The victim had extensive injuries to his torso, head, and neck. And the clerk was arrested for attempted murder. The victim's still in, uh, I think he was receiving urgent uh, emergency treatment, Gulf Coast Medical Center, but they didn't say anything else about it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and Anchor Brandt, the Tampa man, wants to win the USA Mullet Championship with his golden locks. He's vying for the USA Mullet Championship along with 99 other gentlemen from across the country. He's a University of South Florida student studying communications. He told Fox 13 that his mother was the reason he applied in the first place. I don't know. It stands like he, he's got beautiful separated highlighted curls. It looks like he could win. Stay with us. we got our third hour on the way. We're also going to speak with Alex Epstein. If you're not familiar with him, he is an energy expert. We're going to talk ESG. Stick with us. 
Americans overwhelmingly oppose teaching sexual orientation and gender identity to grade schoolers. House Republicans promise sanity on borders, energy, and the economy if elected. And Stacey Abrams chalks up another loss for the party of science. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day for conservatives, and hopefully a lot of laughs too. Join us. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. When a governor acts unilaterally and refuses to coordinate with other government officials, that is when um, problems arise. And that is when we deplore political stuntsmanship, when we're dealing with the lives of vulnerable individuals who are reflective of a challenge that our entire hemisphere uh, faces. Hmm. So that... Little person there is Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. He's talking about the busing of illegal entrants. When governors act unilaterally, that's when problems arise. Oh my gosh. It's Friday and I did train legs, so I'm a little sassy today. It wasn't a heavy day, so I'm not like full on like Hulk smash, but and not she Hulk torque smash. Oh, heaven help us all. Happy Friday. Your lovable curmudgeon Dana Lash here with you. Top of our third hour. Getting you set up for the weekend. Sign up to that newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter too, chapter and verse, because I actually have something. I'm going to try coming out with something for you ahead of the weekend too to kind of ease you into your weekend because you get you, you get hit hard through the week. So I thought, man, it's like a little enjoyable piece that we can send out you know, over the weekend. So this uh, issue, governors acting unilaterally, they're not acting unilaterally. Wait, this is the law. I'm confused. We have a law that guides how we are to deal with the problem of illegal entrance into the country, just as we have laws for everything else. So when governors fo- follow that, they're, how are they acting unilaterally? They're acting within the law. If Democrats actually opposed illegal immigration, illegal entry into the country, they, if they had actually opposed this, and they, they, I mean, this would be, I, I just, I'm just amazed that they can say that he and others can say these things. Audio soundbite seven, uh, or no, sorry, let's do, let's start with seven. So Kamala Harris, she had made remarks earlier. The president is speaking today uh, at this uh, teachers union thing. And she spoke as well uh, on this and she hit the immigration issue. She's blaming, guess who she blamed? Guess who she blamed? Listen. It's not a monolith. There are, very, there, there are a variety of components to this. One is the fact that under the previous administration, they decimated a system that was designed to address immigration. Okay, okay can so I pause? I can't, I'm not going to make it. What, what system that was designed to handle immigration did they decimate? And does she understand what decimate means? It means you just knocked it Reduced 10%. It by 10%, yeah. yeah. So what, is, what does she mean here? What system that was designed? I have no idea what she's talking about. Do you? No, because I remember Trump's remain in Mexico thing that mm-hmm. took a while to get into place. And as soon as Biden got into office, he killed it. It was funny because if you look at her stands, her worshipers on Twitter, um, I can't remember who posted it. It was a re- maybe it was RCP or Gravian. It was a repost of this and everybody was arguing in the comments. And even some of the... Uh, I've seen elsewhere some of the surrogates that they send out for cable news. They even it's like they weren't on the same page as to what what does she mean when you have an existing system that was 
they all talk about something different. They either talk about, as you were saying, the Remain in Mexico policy. They talk about the Flores Amendment. They talk about something all. What What are you? What did you? What are you talking about, lady? Go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted. A system that was designed to address immigration. Mm-hmm. And so we have been spending in the last 18 months we've been in office mm-hmm. spending a an incredible amount of time and work and resources to reconstruct that system. I'm in charge, for example, of, of, of coordinating a what we call a root causes strategy. What are the causes of people leaving? Um, we have now raised $3.2 billion to help the folks in those countries stay. Uh, oh, my. There's nothing that needed to be rebuilt. I've seen the argument, too, about uh, applying for asylum. People were saying that this is an issue of, you know, these are they were here uh, legally and uh, they applied for they 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 obtained asylum. That's actually not true. Because if you're in the United States illegally and you're trying to get asylum, you actually have to work with an immigration attorney because uh, that's usually how it's you have you have to do that. And. Most there was a a really there were a couple of really good pieces about this. Uh, Most of the actually the vast majority of people who are entering illegally do not qualify as a refugee. They do not qualify um, for asylum. I mean, that they don't they don't meet the requirements. I I mean, that's it. it, It's so it, it doesn't make any sense. That's that's a poor argument. Because the, the, and you don't have to come to the country that you're trying to immigrate to in order to apply for asylum either. And that, that's a false talking point that I've seen. Uh, but yeah, they, call, they, they falsely call people asylum seekers. In fact, there was, here it is. This, this piece, this was over at New York Post back in September. No, uh, no, so over, over the summer this year. They were getting into Department of Homeland Security, 853,000 illegal entrants stopped at the southwest border. Even though they're called asylum seekers, fewer than 5%, fewer than 5%, according to DOJ numbers, are actually asylum seekers. Now, 83% claimed a fear of harm. They, They did that so they could try to get an asylum claim, but yet fewer, less than, I think it was... Fewer than 17, one said fewer than 17. I read another statistic that said fewer than 13, less than 13%. Uh, they said that actually more than, more than, over more than half never applied for asylum. So that's the not how that works. That's a false talking point too. That's one of the reasons why I think that McCarthy's, Kevin McCarthy's statement, what they announced this morning, that commitment to America, is said on the very, you know, they're t- talking about securing the border, uh, they talked about increasing for border uh, security because we don't have enough agents down there at all whatsoever. They're they're hiring 87,000 IRS agents and we need so many more people at the border. It is beyond. And that is something that they're focusing on. That was a really good. Yeah. Kane notes 2.3 million crossings in one year under Biden. That is the largest number in the history of America. Now, there's a second lawsuit that was filed against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in this issue. And they have Florida State Senator Jason Pizzo. 
A Democrat who represents the Miami-Dade area says it was an illegitimate use of state funds, violates Florida laws. He filed it in his capacity as a private citizen. Uh, so it wasn't, he wasn't using his status as a lawmaker, although it makes news. But they said that the funds were part of a bipartisan budget passed in the Florida legislature. It actually allocates $12 million for a program that does, quote, and this is the statute, uh, allow for the transport of unauthorized aliens from this state consistent with federal law. So I don't, because the first, from according to his lawsuit, and it was available, MSN has the details, they said that the first, the first claim that he was making is that these were asylum seekers that have legal status. As I just explained, they don't. Uh, and then the second point is that the, you could not use the funds because they came from Texas to Florida and then from Florida to there. I think that's a specious argument. I just, I don't see this making it. I think they just did it you know, for a, a, a headline, because there's no way that that, I don't see that making it through. Do you? I don't see it making it through. Not, I mean, not at all. So this uh, whole, because they've, this policy at the border has actually driven immigration up into a top five concern for voters. The only people who are actually talking about the stuff that you only ever hear Democrats talk about are their hard left wingers. That's it. Nobody else is talking about that. All right, so I have a couple of other things to get to. McDonald's, pull this up. Kane didn't believe me on this. This is a true story. They're going to face a $10 billion lawsuit arguing that they don't advertise enough on black-owned media. So a federal court this week ruled that McDonald's will have to face a $10 billion lawsuit. They said that they refuse to advertise on black-owned media channels and that that's discriminatory. So this... Byron Allen guy, Allen Media Group, I think he was on TV when I was a kid. He brought the suit and the district judge cleared the way for it. And they said that, I, I, I just, what? The lawyer for McDonald's, Loretta Lynch, interestingly enough, said, I know, said in response that it is about revenue and not race. Very interesting. Now, Loretta Lynch was, uh, remember, she was AG. She she was in uh, office after Eric Holder. So if that name sounds familiar to you, that's why. That is fascinating to me. She said that the plaintiff's groundless allegations ignore both McDonald's legitimate business reasons for not investing more on their channels and the company's longstanding business relationships with many other diverse-owned partners. So I just, yeah, I don't, you have to really, you have to prove that. That seems kind of, uh, that seems a, a kind of a silly claim. You would have to prove like malicious intent. I don't know that they could do that. You can't, I, how do you prove that? You, you would have to prove that they're actively, when, I know they're not, but you're, you would have to acti- actively prove that it comes from a point of malicious intent. As soon as they show the revenue numbers, that ends it right there. I mean, as a business, you run on ROI when you talk about your expenditures. Mm -hmm. So what's the return on investment? If you're not going to get a good return on your investment for advertising, you're going to cut back your advertising dollars there. It literally has nothing to do with race or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah, it doesn't make that doesn't that doesn't make sense. That's one of the dumbest woke stories I think that I've seen aside from the cadet thing about mom and dad, Ooh, which which brings me to I had this story and I want to find it. So also, as it relates, one other thing of wokery, uh, as it relates to the uh, Air Force Academy. 
So in addition to pushing people to drop the terms mom and dad, so they're promoting this fellowship. It is the Brooke Owens Fellowship within the Air Force. And they said that they're banning men, actual men, which I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not using the word cisgender because that's stupid. They only want candidates from gender minorities and women. They actually say it's the Patty Grace Smith Fellowship, the Matthew Iskowitz Fellowship Program, the Brooke Owens Fellowship. They, it says, quote, it was an email that was sent on September 14th. And this is uh, via Daily Mail. If you are a cisgender man, this program isn't for you. We encourage you to check out our spinoff programs. That's a Patty Grace Smith Fellowship, etc. But they said the Brooke Owens Fellowship uh, specifically bans cisgender men from applying. If you are a cisgender, that's stupid, ner- stupid name. Uh, if you're a woman, if you're a transgender woman, non-binary, agender? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. When the hell did this come up? Agender? That, okay, bi gender, demi gender, two spirit gender. I don't even know what these words mean. Oh, it's demi gender. It's made up. This is some Lewis Carroll garbage. Anyway, this program is for you. How are you promoting that within the Air Force? So they're basically taking out over seventy percent of recruits for fellowship because over seventy percent are men. I'm fascinated. No. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. According to a report by Strider Technologies, scientists at America's top nuclear lab were recruited by China to design missiles and drones. According to the lead author of the report, they say China's playing a game that we're not prepared for and we have to begin to mobilize. They say it's 154 Chinese scientists who worked on government-sponsored research at our foremost national security lab over the last two decades were recruited to do work in China, some of which actually helps advance military technology that threatens our national security. It's a private intelligence report. They, says, they say it's a, syst- a systemic effort by China's government to place Chinese scientists at Los Alamos National Laboratory, for example, where nuclear weapons were first developed. Yeah, we got to, you know, good heavens. This is just, this is nerve-wracking. Also, a woman got her stolen car stuck in fresh concrete with a bottle of whiskey and a 40-year-old inside in Washington. She was arrested after she allegedly drove a stolen car into fresh concrete. She was stuck. She tried to flee the scene with a kid and a bottle of whiskey. It was in Lakewood. The uh, city tweeted, thanks to a series of poor choices by an individual, including driving with a stolen car with a bottle of whiskey in hand, our pavement pouring at Northgate Roundabout is set back. It was a little Mini Cooper, and you could literally see, she's 32 years old, she had a four-year-old boy. Oh, that poor child. You could see her footprints in the concrete running away. I mean, when it's all marked off like that, and it says fresh concrete, why? I don't, don't ask. Uh, And a man is trying to make the Guinness Book of World Records for the most pubs visited in 24 hours. He said that uh, having used the bathroom took up most of his time. Up next, Alex Epstein on the ESG threat. Stick with us. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at DanaLash.com. You have all committed, as you all know, uh, to transition the emissions from lending and investment activities to align with pathways to net zero in 2050. 
Do you know uh, what the International Energy Energy um, Agency has said is required to meet our global 2015 net zero targets of limiting global temperature rise to 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit or 1.5 degrees Celsius? So no new fossil fuel production starting today. That's So that's like zero. So I would like to ask all of you and go down the list because, again, you all have agreed to doing this. Please answer with a simple yes or no. Does your bank have a policy against funding new oil and gas products? Mr. Diamond. Absolutely not. And that would be the road to hell for America. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Sir, you know what? Everybody that got relief from student loans has a bank account with your bank should probably re take out their account and close their account. The fact that you're not even there to help relieve many of the folks that are in debt, extreme debt because of student loan debt and you're out there criticizing it. That sounded really unprofessional and a little unhinged. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here, your lovable curmudgeon. The nationally syndicated radio show, you can watch a simulcast on the first YouTube, Facebook, elsewhere. That exchange, which happened just earlier this week between Rashida Tlaib and then Jamie Dimon, who is the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, this was all about one of the things we've been hitting repeatedly for the past couple of years, this ESG uh, the environmental social governance. It's its sort of like CRT for energy and finance, and it's going to control everything. It's also kind of like a China's behavioral credit score, but it's going to, it's applicable to businesses, and they're using this to determine whether or not uh, any of their partners, anything, you know, if you're going to take out a loan, you're going to do any kind of work, do you meet these ESG guidelines? It is a way to control everything. This is one of the things you saw in Sri Lanka. You also saw this in the Netherlands with the protests. And one of, I think, the smartest people who talks on this issue, he himself is an energy expert, and you've seen him on television, Alex Epstein. He's the founder and CEO of the Center for Industrial Progress, and he's also the author of a new book, Fossil Future, Why, why, global, warming, why, why global Human Flourishing Requires More Oil, Coal, and Natural Gas, Not Less, which... I would completely agree. Alex joins us now via Skype. Alex, congrats on the book. Thank you for joining us. And I have to say, Thank you. I hope that people go and check out energytalkingpoints.com because you also have a lot of stuff. If people are unfamiliar with what ESG is, you give a really good class on it in just a, a pretty short page. This has been a, a growing for some time, but I feel like more and more we're, we're noticing it now. What For people who are unfamiliar with ESG, maybe people who are listening to us for the first time or meeting you for the first time, what is the most important thing that you would have them know about this, this the impact of this, how it's going to affect them? So the thing to know about ESG is it's posing as a set of universal norms that all businesses should follow. And it pretends that it has somehow discovered principles that will actually make businesses successful. But in fact, these are political guidelines basically emanating from the UN, and they are the opposite of success. So in the realm of social, they have a lot of what is really just racism, just telling you to prefer people based on you know the hue of their skin, which is not a rational way to treat anything. In my realm in energy, it's the environmental category. And essentially what they mean by environmental is commit to rapidly eliminating fossil fuels as soon as possible, and also being hostile to nuclear, by the way, which is non-carbon. And it really points to, it's really a set of kind of far left political views, but given being given as gospel to the management of companies. So it's taking these terrible political views that no one in America would vote for, and then it's, it's trying to impose them in the boardroom. So it's very, very dangerous. I was very glad to see 
and hear Jamie Dimon reply that way to that question. I mean, you can't, first off, you can't build a business that way, but that's just not how the world operates. I mean, Europe's on the verge of an energy crisis. I mean, they're starting it already as we move into winter. We're in the United States, we're looking at a two and three times more uh, going to be the cost to heat our homes. And yet we have fewer refineries. We have no uh, rare earth uh, element mines, nothing like that. Everything is ESG, which, as you said, affects not just fuel, but also farming, agriculture. I mentioned Sri Lanka. I also mentioned the Netherlands, the Dutch farmers. I mean, this is this is reducing yields in harvest. This is affecting agriculture as well. I found Talib's uh, statement very, very troubling in a couple ways. So one is she doesn't even know how to say Celsius. She That's says Celsius. Crazy. But, yes. but this is but no, this is somebody who's saying she knows how the world needs to move. And then she was talking about this thing from the International Energy Agency. What she's referring to is something that talks about new investment in production. If you want to hit these goals, which I would say are deadly goals, but they say if you want to do this, you need to stop investment. But she said stop production. If you stop production, you need to produce fossil fuels constantly to have them. We don't just have them all stored for years. If you stop that, you would kill well over half the world very, very quickly, just of starvation. If you stop producing fossil fuels, which power all our agricultural equipment and give us a huge amount of our fertilizer. So this level of ignorance, but and yet it's it has this confidence. She thinks she's a climate expert. She doesn't even know how to pronounce Celsius. So it's it's a scary kind of ignorance and power lust combined. I had to actually think very hard about how she said that because it was Celsius. It's very difficult. I know. To even... I saw your face. I saw your face react to it. Yeah, Celsius. That's just that's something else. How ingrained is ESG at this point? Because I know it's it's the and you were saying that this was something that originated with the UN. Uh, when you look at it, just when I. When, I just don't know how any sane person who can do basic math thinks that this is a feasible, sustainable thing to implement in in any realm. Why is it why is it though so prevalent, particularly in Europe? And now it's being introduced with little question here in the United States. What is selling this? What is why are people buying into this? Well, there's so there's ESG in general, and then there's in, in energy, it's the fossil fuel elimination movement. And so with ESG in general, the activists have done a really, really good job of getting corporations to commit to it. And one of their main vehicles has been these index funds. You know, a lot of us, including me, invest in index funds, which are called passive investments. And so we allow BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street to aggregate all these investments, but in part because of the way the laws are set up and in part because of people's incentives. Somebody like Larry Fink of BlackRock thereby controls the voting shares of you know tens of millions of Americans. So his political views are basically being used to manipulate these corporations. So in, in 2020, he has a letter that says net zero, you know, everyone needs to give a net zero co- commitment. He's he's called an emperor. We don't want an emperor in America, but it's and, and just to show his ignorance, kind of like Tlaib, not quite as bad. But he talked about China once in his letter and it was to celebrate their net zero commitment, even though China, you know, combined with India has 200 plus coal plants in the pipeline. So it's this level of ignorance that's guiding everyone because of the way this is set up. Oh, my God. This 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 is, I think, one of the most pressing issues. We're speaking with Alex Epstein, and he's the founder and CEO of the Center for Industrial Progress, his new book, Fossil Future, Why Global Human Flourishing Requires More Oil, Coal and Natural Gas, Not Less. I mean, I, I don't mind. I don't mind progress in in energy or or new things in energy. I don't mind technology. I don't even have a problem with electric vehicles unless it's sold to me in the guise of being environmentally friendly, which it's not. Uh, With with oil and gas so plentiful and and we've seen, 
I think it was Germany, maybe France as well, as this energy crisis has been has been hitting Europe, they're going back to coal. They've actually been warned by a number of these ESG uh, beholden entities. You know, you might not want to rely on coal so much. We had John Kerry telling the nations of Africa, yeah, don't rely on coal and and fuel so much. Let's look at some more, you know, green. Let's look at greener alternatives. People don't have time to develop greener alternatives. In the United States, nothing has been put towards the infrastructure of rare earth elements or really anything, any other exploration beyond, you know, the wind turbines and and giving or wind turbines and giving everything to China. So what I mean, what overall in looking at this with with ESG, how is this going to play out? Because I, I see some countries waking up, but it doesn't seem to be permanent. It seems temporary and it seems to have all the momentum in the world behind it and and not enough strength here, at least, you know, domestically to push back. I mean, I think the basic facts are energy is crucial to life. 80% of the world's energy comes from fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. That's still growing despite all the opposition because they're so uniquely cost effective. Um, you know, solar and wind are, you know, less than 5% of the world's energy. They just provide electricity, which is n- most of our energy is not electricity. Yeah. And they're totally dependent on fossil fuels for their production, but also for their operation. They depend on fossil fueled reliable plants to handle their erratic nature. You know, most of the world doesn't have nearly enough energy. So we're talking about fossil fuels, 80% of the world's energy when the world needs two to four times more energy as soon as it can get it to lift up the world. And we're talking about rapidly eliminating fossil fuels in the next 27 and a half years. This is a murder campaign in terms of the idea. And now if it succeeded, which it won't for practical reasons, it would you know, kill a large percentage of people on the earth. But what's really happening that scares me is you know, China, India, Russia aren't following along with this. But the U.S. and Europe, the freer places on Earth, we are sacrificing our own prosperity and our own security. And Europe should be a warning sign. But you see, Biden hasn't taken this at all because he just gave this speech and he said, basically, we're going to do more of what Europe. That's what does. That's the Inflation Act. They call it the Inflation Reduction Act, but it's the Inflation Act, right? They're just copying Europe after Europe has been proven a total failure. So this anti-fossil fuel movement, they need to admit that they've caused an energy crisis. They need to reverse course and they need to embrace what I call a fossil future. And you we're talking with Alex Epstein. You said that there's a simple test to determine whether or not a candidate is truly supportive of American energy. And you said very simple. Ask if they oppose the inflation, the Inflation Reduction Act, which it's not uh, because you say and it is the most one of the most destructive energy policies in American history. And if it's I mean, if it's fully implemented, where does that leave us, the United States? Yeah, I mean, right, you know, right now it's it's law. And, you know, the basic reason I say it's it's destructive, it's really whether they intended it or not, it's a four-step recipe for destroying our energy. You think, like, what does it do? Number one is it makes us dependent on unreliable electricity. At the same time, it tells us to use more electricity. So that's where I live in California, right? Less oh, electricity, yeah. more demand from EVs. How does that? We're already having problems. We only have 3% EVs. Then, then number two, they add new taxes to oil and gas, which is desperately needed around the world. They make it more costly. Then they give the EPA more power to shut down coal plants. We already have a huge threat of that, and they give environmental justice activists more ability to shut down projects. So this is this is totally devastating. It needs to be reversed. And the idea that we're celebrating this is crazy. The Republicans really, I'm not very political, but the Republicans need to get on top of this and really campaign on this is terrible. And they should also have an alternative, which if they go to my website, energytalkingpoints.com, should be energy freedom. They need a positive alternative 
not just criticizing Democrats. You should be talking with Kevin McCarthy. You shouldn't even be in California right now. You should be in D.C. I am in D.C. right now, oh, actually. They, I see the Capitol. Right. You should be there right for as long as they need you. You should be in Kevin McCarthy's <laughs> ear, Mitch McConnell's ear, and telling them what they need to do, because I agree with you. Their messaging and countering this has been horrific, and not in, they're, they're not being aggressive enough in engaging this. Alex Epstein, congrats on the book. The book is Fossil Thank Future, you. Why Global Human Flourishing Requires More Oil, Coal, and Natural Gas, Not Less. I think you need to buy this book and read it if you want to know all of the stuff that you're going to be facing. And of course, energytalkingpoints.com. You you have to check it out. Alex, thank you so much for what you do. You're a wealth of information. And uh, I appreciate you following this so closely. Thanks, Dana. Great to talk to you. Good to talk with you. Thanks so much. We have more to come, folks, as we wrap up this third hour and head into the weekend. He is a walking encyclopedia. And I'm, I'm glad that we were able, glad we were able to have him on. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And over at Substack, you can find me at Chapter and Verse. You can also find all of the, everywhere I'm at, uh, in all of the uh, bio links on my social media bios. And I'm going to, we're, re, we're reconfiguring a few things, so then you'll be able to just go to the website and find everything. So sign up for the newsletter, though. A lot of good stuff comes out on that. You get my prep and you get a whole bunch of other stuff, different analysis. It's things changing as we roll into the new year. And uh, you'll be seeing, actually, some of those very quickly. So uh, the and Epstein's, his, I know he's got other websites, but that energytalkingpoints.com is one of the best places that you can go to learn everything you wanted to know about ESG. It is, you have to bookmark it. It is a must go to, must go to. Uh, now, as we are rolling into the weekend, I happen to see Libs of TikTok, Louisville ISD, Canyon, where it is in Texas. They have resources on their site for students and the links. One of them takes students to sign up for a queer sex ed. What? Oh, yeah. And it also links to the Q chat space, which features a quick escape button in case a kid wants to hide it from their parents. And it explains how to do that on the Louisville ISD, Texas School District's website, replete or, 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 with screenshots. Why can't they wait till these people are adults to try and do this? Why do they do this at this stage of the game? Yeah, why do they have to be, why do they have to freak out uh, and insist on putting sex in the classroom? Why? Why is that the obsession? <sighs> That's... I'm, I get so tired of this. Like they had a thing at Texas A&M. One of the staffers there sent out this thing about how to manage your abortion. An email to students that and this is so prevalent. It's in so many schools. Uh, and then I just heard that Taylor Swift is expected to perform at the Super Bowl. Jeez. She's going to be performing at the Super Bowl halftime show per variety. That just came in. That's the worst news I've had this week. I mean, the economy is bad, too, but that's also horrible. No, no one cares. No one cares. No, I don't want to have that. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so that's your, we got you wrapped up for the week. Okay, t- today, and I won't rob you because I have twice this week. Today in Stupidity, Kane. All good. Now, you were just talking about schools earlier. You know that kids suffered during the pandemic when mm-hmm. they were forced to stay home and schools were closed down. I mean, suffering is just a small way to describe how their learning curve was way down language everything because of this pandemic dr science anthony fauci science himself himself 
said this. Listen to this. We talk a lot about learning loss in Texas. There were a bunch of other consequences of cl closing the schools down. Were they worth it, I guess, knowing what yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I believe so. He believes it was all worth it. For a little a little bit of little draconian action. Yeah. Just a little goes a long way. For a way. virus that had a 99% survival rate, it was totally worth it, huh? There's no defending that. So stupid. Well, yeah. Folks, that does it for us this week. I hope you have a great weekend. And don't forget, Monday afternoon, late morning, be right back here because we're going to start your week out fantastically as well and make sure you sign up for the newsletter because i have some other fun stuff i have one that i'm prepping to go out over the uh, over the weekend it'll probably go out later this evening i may schedule it for tomorrow morning just so you have something that you can you know kind of bookmark and you know kind of keep you keep you apprised of everything that's going on over the weekend that we'll be back together monday morning to start the week off right have a great weekend god bless